0: This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today's topic is all about your IRA. And with me today, I have Kelsey Banky. Kelsey's a certified financial planner with us at Stirk Financial. Morning, Kelsey. Good morning, Mary. Okay. Let's dive into this scintillating topic about IRAs.
1: (laughs) I joke that this isn't a super fun topic, but the the reality is almost everybody has an IRA or will have an IRA at some point if they're doing any any kind of savings for their retirement. So it's important to know about.
0: It is. And people get very confused. And here's the reason that you get confused is that before 1997, there was only one type of IRA. And now there's a bunch of them
1: a whole bunch. And they're all
0: different. They all have different tax ramifications now and later and different rules to them. And so because there's been so many changes, we thought this would be a great show topic to really educate you about what the best ones to use are, how you want to position them for yourself and encourage you to save for your retirement. All right. So, there are two main categories of IRAs. There's something called a traditional IRA, and there's something called a Roth IRA. And within those categories, there are sub choices. (laughs) That's why it gets (laughs) dicey. (laughs) All right. So that original IRA, like what we said, was that there was only one kind before, and it was just called an IRA. That is what a traditional IRA now is known as. So the old-style IRA is now called a traditional IRA. Some people call them original IRAs, but you'll hear most people in the financial industry refer to them as a traditional IRA, okay? And a traditional IRA allows for tax-deductible contributions now, and you pay your taxes later, okay? The easiest way to remember this between traditional and Roth IRAs is traditional is tax break now, pay your taxes later, Roth IRA is exactly backwards of that. The Roth IRA is tax now, tax break later, okay? So it's just a reversal, and that doesn't have to be too complex when you think about it that way. Um, But there are rules surrounding both of them, and that's what Kelsey and I are going to talk about today. So the one thing I want to be really clear on is that an IRA itself – is not actually the investment, okay? So no matter what type of IRA you have, just because it's an IRA doesn't mean that you've picked an investment. Inside your IRAs, there are all sorts of investment choices that you can utilize.
1: Absolutely. So IRA is just talking about the tax treatment. So anytime you have something that has an IRA, it means it's going to get some kind of special tax treatment from the IRS. It's not taxed um, like your traditional earnings would be, uh, the IRA, again, just the tax treatment. Then within that, it's going to be invested in something. It could be a bank. It could be an annuity. It could be a brokerage account. It could infinite, again, number of choices. Uh, so frequently have people say, well, I have an IRA. Okay, what's it invested in? It's invested in an IRA. And I'm going to keep digging until I find out actually what's in it, what it's invested in. Because when you tell me you have an IRA, you're just telling me it has special tax treatment. And part of my job is to also, in addition to looking at the tax treatment, analyze what is it invested in. Um, so statement is the best way to look at all this. It'll tell you the exact yep. type of IRA. It'll tell you what you're invested in. And that's the best, most clear way to figure out what you actually have.
0: Okay, so IRAs have some limits on them about how much you can actually contribute to them. And here's where both the traditional IRA and the Roth IRA are exactly the same. If you're under age 50, in this year, 2017, you can put up to $5,500 into an IRA. And if you're over 50, there's something that's called a catch-up provision which is basically the government saying, oh, we're going to let you put a little bit more in to kind of catch up if you didn't really save enough when you were younger. That's why it's called a catch-up provision. So for those of you over age 50, you can do an extra $1,000 a year. So you can save up to $6,500 into your IRA. Now... Here's the important thing to understand is that there are rules surrounding whether or not you can do this, right? So first of all, to contribute to an IRA, you have to have taxable compensation. So you have to have some kind of wage income or 1099 income from work that you did in order to, to do this. So let's just say you have a part-time job and you only earned $3,000. Well, you can't put more than $3,000 into your IRA then. Okay, so you are limited by what you earn. You're also limited by whether or not you have a company-sponsored retirement plan that you're connected into or even that you have the opportunity to participate in. So there are rules out there that say, hey, if you have an employer-sponsored plan, you may or may not be able to contribute to your traditional IRA. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't contribute to your Roth IRA. Okay. So there's some differences there. And there's differences on whether you can contribute based on your income levels. Okay. So in order to contribute to a Roth IRA, you and your spouse's income have to be below a certain level. And that level changes a little bit each year. So before you just go out and start a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA, it's important to have a conversation with either your accountant or your financial advisor to see if you're eligible to do either one of them. Okay? So before we get too far into the weeds on that, though, let's talk a little bit about why you would even want to contribute to an IRA. Kelsey, what would you say is one of the very best reasons that you would contribute to an IRA of any type?
1: It's the tax treatment. So uh, depending on if I'm looking to get a tax deduction now or am I looking for long-term tax-free growth potential or tax-deferred growth potential, Um, younger people looking at Roth IRAs a lot of times is something to consider because you have a lot of years for the money to be invested and if you have earnings over those long periods of years you can either get them at a tax deferred rate or if it's a Roth IRA tax free rate on the earnings um, which compounded over 30, 25 years, 20 years can be a big deal. It absolutely
0: is a big deal. So When you're thinking about this and you're thinking about, well, which type is right for me, your age absolutely has a factor in that, right? If you have a longer time period, then building that money to come out tax-free in the end might be the best thing. But this is the best analogy that I've ever heard about it. We have a lot of um, agriculture around us here in the Midwest. We have a lot of farmers that are listening to this show, and you know the, the difference between an IRA... And a Roth IRA is like this. Do you want to pay tax on the seed or on the harvest?
1: <laughs> That's <a> perfect analogy. <laughs>
0: right? So it might cost you 5000 And I mean, I'm just making this up. But it might cost you $5,000 to buy the seed. And you might plant that seed and you might harvest it and make $50,000, right? So do you want to pay taxes on the value of the seed that you planted or on the value of the harvest, the bounty that came from it? If you want to pay taxes on the seed, then that's the Roth IRA and then the harvest is tax-free. If you want to get the tax deduction now and you want to be able to get the deduction on the value of the seed, then the value of that harvest later is going to be taxable and that's the traditional IRA. So that's a really good way for people to think about that. Okay, there are some additional IRAs that are out there that are all part of these other sub, you know, they're subtypes of the traditional and the Roth, okay? So the first thing is there is such a thing that's called a spousal IRA. So if you're married and you meet some certain conditions then you can contribute to an IRA, both a traditional or a Roth for your spouse even if they have little or no taxable compensation of their own. Okay? And that's considered a contribution to a spousal IRA. So, it is not a any kind of special type of IRA, it's still a Roth or a traditional. It's just a way of describing it, that you're making a contribution to your spouses based on the fact that you had taxable income. So that is absolutely something that is allowed. Okay. There's also something that's called a non-deductible IRA. And that is a type of traditional IRA that you put the money into, but you're not actually getting the tax deduction. Now, why would you do that? (laughs) Why would anybody do that? Well, the reason that people might do it is if you're not eligible, like if you don't meet one of the rules to be able to contribute to a traditional or to a Roth to get the special tax treatment, you could still make a non-deductible contribution. And then what you're gaining is the benefit of all of the time that it's invested. The growth itself is being deferred in terms of taxes. So you're not paying taxes on the growth along the way in a non-deductible IRA. And that's the tax benefit that you can gain from them. Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Sterk, and today we're diving into the fascinating topic of IRAs. So we've talked a little bit about the traditional and the Roth IRA, and now we're going to talk about a couple of other ones that are more connected to like the, the workplace or businesses. So um, the three things we're going to talk about is SEP IRAs, simple IRAs, and something called MyRA. So a SEP IRA stands for Simplified Employee Pension Plan. That's a SEP part of it. And it's something that an employer can establish for employees. And you can put up to $54,000 a year into it. Now, it's an employer contribution, usually, and it's made on behalf of the employee. So let's just say you're a single business owner and you're the only employee. This is a great way to put away some money for yourself. There's limits on to how much you can put in and limits on you know, the percentage of your compensation you can put in. But a SEP IRA is a really good way for people to save, you know, significant amounts of money um, on a tax-favored basis, especially if they only have themselves or maybe a spouse or a couple employees in their business. A simple IRA plan is a plan that businesses with less than 100 employees are likely to consider starting as an option for their employees to save money. And a simple IRA plan is an individual simple IRA account that you contribute to and then your employer is going to do some type of match for. So the simple IRAs, you can't put quite as much in as a SEP. In 2017, you can defer up to 12500 and if you're older than 50 and you want to do the catch-up contribution, well, you can get it up to 15500 okay? So those are the SEP and the Simple IRA. Now, there's this other kind of newer, quirky program called the MyRA. And Kelsey, tell us a little bit about the MyRA.
1: Sure. The MyRA is, like Mary said, it's something newer. It's being offered by the government, the U.S. government, and uh it's connected with your employment, so you open up your own account, but contributions come from your payroll deductions. The balance can only go up to 15000 and it is invested in government securities, the G Fund for anybody that's familiar with um, the government and 401k Type option. Um, So it's just a way to to put away some after tax dollars. This would have a similar treatment to a Roth IRA um, to put some money away in a a government fund. Um, Again, pretty new. This has only been around a, a couple of years. Um, But it might be a way to get some money put aside for retirement.
0: Yeah, it's interesting and it's quirky because it does have this weird $15,000 cap on it. And it's literally one single investment and that's government bonds. So I think it's kind of funny the government has created a new program where the only thing you can invest in is government bonds. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds interesting. All right, when you leave your employment, let's say that you have a, a, an amount of money in a 401k plan, then generally speaking, you're going to have to figure out what to do with that. So a lot of times people will roll over their old 401k accounts into an IRA account. If you have had money in a traditional 401k, you are going to roll that to a traditional IRA. If you've had money in a Roth 401k, then you would roll that money to a Roth IRA. But you cannot cross the lines on those. And Kelsey, we hear that question all the time, don't we?
1: All the time. And and the thing is, is even though it's, this is, the I guess, the question I hear most. Well, I have a Roth 401k and a traditional 401k, and they're in the same account where they're at. Why can't they be in the same account outside of that? And my answer to that is, Technically, they're un- both under your name at the 401k company, but they are kept separate and they are tracked separately so once it leaves the 401k it has to do the same thing and that has to be done in two separate accounts that doesn't necessarily mean that um, your complexity level has gone up very much it it really hasn't most people will end up with a traditional uh, IRA a Roth IRA some kind of current employer sponsored plan and maybe some other accounts just depending on what their situation requires but the IRS will not let you combine them and that's their rule not Ours, we just have to
0: follow it. The other thing we hear a lot is people asking, can I roll over my 401k right into a Roth IRA? And the answer to that is no. So if you have a traditional 401k, you have to roll it to a traditional IRA first. Now, if you want to convert that to a Roth IRA, then you can do that. However, that has its whole own set of rules about whether or not you can convert it. And If you convert it, you are going to pay taxes on that money when you convert it. So we've had people say, oh, yeah, I I rolled it out, and then I converted it to a Roth IRA. I had this $100,000 account, and I didn't even realize until, you know, when I went to go pay my taxes that I was going to owe taxes on the whole $100,000. So, yes, if you're going to convert a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA, you are going to pay taxes on that in the year that you convert it. Okay? Okay. Not a right?
1: good plan. No, not, not a good plan. That'll be a big surprise when you go to pay your taxes. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the special ages when it comes to distributions that you need to pay attention to from the IRS standpoint.
0: Let's do it.
1: Two ages that make <laughs> me laugh because, again, I'm, I always give the IRS a hard time that they make things so difficult. <laughs> so the two ages, 59 and a half you have to pay attention to and 70 and a half you have to pay attention to. Yeah, what's
0: with these half ages? I don't know. Why in God's name was that ever created as their rule? It's like one person said 70
1: and one person said 71. They're like, we'll just make, we'll just compromise. I don't (laughs) know what it is, but (laughs) it is what it is. And it makes it so we maybe remember it. Maybe that's what they're trying to do. So 59 and a half, that's the magic age you have to reach before you no longer pay extra penalties to the IRS. For taking out your distributions. Now, there's some weird little loopholes that might apply, but in general, if you take out money from your plans that are IRAs, any kind of IRA on the end of it, there's going to be some kind of penalty that'll apply if you're taking out earnings or money that hasn't been taxed because you took it out before that age. So, if you're 59 and a half or older, you don't want to have that penalty to be concerned about. But if you're younger than that age, all money is going to have some kind of treatment like that.
0: So let's talk about that. If you're younger than 59 and a half and pulling money out of your traditional IRA, you are going to have taxes due and a 10% premature distribution penalty, all right? So by the time you pay taxes and 10%, you're probably gonna lose about half, right? So it's a big deal to take money out prematurely. But my favorite thing to tell you about is that there is a loophole to that, Okay. And there's two little loopholes that people should want to be aware of. So the first one is called a 72T election. And the 72T election lets you take money out of your IRAs before you're 59 and a half based on a very specific complex calculation that the government has given us. And once you do it, You have to take that same amount of money out each year for at least five years or until you're 59 and a half, whichever is longer, okay? So if you're 50 when you do a 72T election, then you have to take that money out like this every single year until you're 59 and a half. If you did this when you're 57, you have to do it for at least five years. Once you start doing that, you can't stop doing it. You have to take it out every year, but... You can access that money without the ten percent penalty if you do it this way. So that's a little loophole that people don't all know about. The other loophole is um, from your four hundred and one k. If you are if you leave employment when you're fifty five or older you can take money out of your employer plan without that 10% penalty if you take it out direct. But if you roll it to an IRA first and then try to take it out, you will have that penalty. So be careful when you're getting in those ages between 55 and 59 and a half. Make sure you talk to someone, you know, come in and visit with us about what the rules are so you know where and how to take money out if you're taking it out early because you've set yourself up for a good early retirement.
1: Well, that's an excellent point mary because we've had several cases where we did some pretty specific planning to take really good advantage of that loophole and and it's a completely legal thing to do you're not breaking the rule it's a rule right in the IRS law but um it takes planning it's it's yep you want to make sure you've you've looked through all the options and considered all of the effects of that to make sure it's the right thing for you to do. And, and there's a very specific process to follow. Um, so if that's you, if you're going to be somebody who's going to be, you know, retiring from employment in that time frame, definitely reach out and we can help you through that.
0: Now, the Roth IRAs have a little bit of a different rule about how you can access that money. Once you've had a Roth IRA for at least five years, you can take your contributions out before you're 59 and a half, but you can't take the gain out without the penalty. So they're a little bit weird and quirky that way too. And so if we're confusing you with all these different elements of how you can take money out, then we have a great IRA guide that we're giving away. So you can just go out to stirkfinancialservices.com and you can request the IRA guide and it will talk to you about the loopholes. It will talk about the rules surrounding contributions and distributions from the IRAs and be something that can then be a great resource for you. So before we close, we want to talk about one more thing. Kelsey, explain what you were talking about with age 70 and a half. Why does that matter?
1: Age 70 and a half is the age at which the IRS says you now have to take money from your IRAs. This does not include Roth IRAs. This is only applying to traditional IRAs. And just kind of think of it this way. You've had tax deferral long enough, the IRS wants to collect some money from you. Yep. Uh, so there's going to be a specific amount you have to take out every year. It's based on your December 31st value of the prior year and your age. That percentage goes up each year. Work with uh, your investment professional. Make sure you're meeting those. If you miss them, it is a fifty, you heard me right, 5-0, percent penalty if you miss taking those on time. So those are very important to pay attention to, and 70 and a half is the age.
0: Right. So think about this. Let's say that you have a five hundred thousand dollar IRA and you need to take out a required minimum distribution that let's just, let's say that it's twenty thousand dollars and you don't do it, your penalty from the IRS is ten thousand dollars dollars that's a lot
1: and you still have to pay taxes right yes (laughs) double whammy super fun
0: so don't miss your rmds your required minimum distributions that's a big one that's important all right so that takes us through understanding iras both how to contribute to them how to build them and then to distributing them and avoiding those crazy penalties so we hope this has been valuable information to all of you out there with iras Call us if you'd like us to evaluate them and go out to our website and request that IRA guide. Thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk.
1: The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Insurance offered through Sterk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Sterk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dune, South Dakota, 57049 and can be reached at 605-217-3555.